Welcome to Why the Long Face. Two old friends lifting the lid on mental health over a beer with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. Hello everyone and welcome to Why the Long Face Season 4, the Ashley special. We're on episode 3 and um, I have to introduce, of course, my erstwhile friend, Dr. Keedwell. We're on Can't Switch Off this week with Ashley, That's right? That's correct. That's correct. So we're sort of building up to a possible high we're going to get full insights shortly yeah it's really it's really quite interesting uh, for for new listeners um i suggest you start with episode mm. one because this is all about ashley our friend uh, and his life coach pete uh talking him through several uh parts of an episode that could be construed as um uh, indicating uh, a, a bipolar um uh, set of set of symptoms um so i guess uh, paul should we just um uh, take it away and play the recording that Ash made with Pete. Can't switch off. Hi, my name's Ashley. For the last 12 years, I've said I used to have bipolar. Hi, my name's Peter. I'm a life coach for creative humans, like Ash. <laughs> and so Pete and I are sitting down over these episodes. We're now at episode three. Um, listening back to a series of audio notes that I made on my phone, I didn't intend for them to capture the journey of a lead up to a high, a crash, a low and recovery in terms of bipolar, but it just so happened uh, that's what they've captured. And so, yeah, last time we were listening to a recording from December yep. and yeah, what's going on today? Yeah, so the last one was, as you said, the end of Christmas and you were experiencing a bit of a lull. Yeah. And we heard that in the last episode. And we now move to the 19th of Feb. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about what's happening here for you? Yeah, so <laughs> as with the last time we spoke, there's some gaps in between this. So where are we? So after Christmas, I went on holiday, which was great. Skiing, something I'm really passionate and I love. And that gave me some renewed focus. And I jumped into it all again and with gusto so we started building out the minimum viable product the website the proposition research speaking to partners continuing on the funding journey pitching winning competitions etc the kind of pace carried on going and it became more real because with hindsight now in reality, because we hadn't secured funding by Christmas, it now became more about let's get something up and running and let's just prove this works. But still, for me, I was still striving for the the bigger goal. That was what was motivating me. And just as a reminder, what was the bigger goal? Yes, the goal was to turn this lockdown startup that had been set up in four days into a technology business Great, right. using a psychometric survey and some artificial intelligence to predict and create a personalized garden. And that's what's driving me. And so at this point, we really start to come into me wearing two hats or having to do two things at the same time. One is that I'm confidently going out and pitching for the vision and I'm starting to build a team and bring people in who need to be paid to achieve the bigger vision while still doing the what they call a minimum viable product 
on reflection, maybe I should just have done the minimum viable product and not had the bigger vision. But in terms of how stuff panned out, I'm not actually sure that was the right decision. It's just time was compressing because there was, as, as I think I mentioned on a previous uh, episode, there was a tax incentive deadline at the end of March and there was the beginning of the plant season. And so time was compressing. And so this audio notes, which I picked out, well, we'll jump in. I think it, it highlights predominantly the fact that I'm finding it very hard to switch off. And this is as you ramp up into a high. Is that right? I think this is the sort of trigger of a high. Uh, no, that's not quite right. Let me ask that again. Um no, I think I think it's kind of interesting I'm stumbling because I don't know where the line is between what a high is, what a low is. There's no line. There isn't a line. There's no like universal meridian line like on a map where it's like, oh, you've you've crossed from GMT to right. Spanish time. Right, right. I know that my mother, for example, thinks that most of the time I'm doing things at a, a higher level than other people, more ambitious, more creative, more visionary. I mean, my highs, I've never used the word mania, but let's use the word mania, are hugely hyperproductive. Mm, right. On previous occasions, I have persuaded Virgin Atlantic to give me two flights to go and make a film in America and persuaded them to do that. And then borrowed a camera and disappeared on a plane a week later which I can see a little smirk on the edge of your mouth makes me kind of laugh I mean that's kind of cool right I love that type of idea <laughs> so, I'm like live life <laughs> yeah and and lots of you know setting up little enterprises and and I've never done anything that that just breathe into this that's been well been like the things you read about on the internet you know, having sex inappropriately or spending exuberantly. There's always logic to the things I've done. I think more for me, it's trying to do them all within a compressed period of time, massively ambitious plans mm, and right. jumping into them straight away with no consideration for the impact of the workload I'm putting upon myself. Right, so potentially the unsustainable part here, because we all know what we're doing here is about to be, you know, in the next few episodes, going up to the peak, yeah, and then the crash. So is the unsustainable part then the amount of work that you're taking on in the amount of time you have? I think especially here, my, my hypothesis on this occasion, there have been various things that have happened in the last few years that could have triggered a, um, an episode. I think because of my own self-awareness, the tools and the things that I had developed in my 20s, I'd got through all of them. But here there is a compression of time mm. which is forcing me to work up to a deadline. Mm. So that's just meaning more and more stuff. Mm. I think that for me is the learning in this. It's be careful of be careful of deadlines. Right. And I'm somebody who works up to deadlines. Right. And that's fine if you're delivering a presentation or a film like I've done for the last few years. But if it's launching a an innovative technology business, there are things that are out with your control. <laughs> right. Great. Shall we jump in? Let's jump in. Last one of these I can see I did on the 2nd of Feb. I've been finding it really hard to switch off the last few weeks. Um, I tried to meditate a few times and just couldn't concentrate on it. 
but I was feeling like I needed a, a bit of a rest today and so I lined everything up some relaxing music and the body scan and Tony Robbins and that was good so yeah there's a lot going on right now I'm feeling excited and calm and kind of mentally active I guess that's my main problem at the moment is I'm very switched on brain-wise and I'm finding it hard to switch off and also waking up early and wanting to crack on with things so run the risk of exhausting myself a bit to be honest Uh, but I'm being really productive and um, yeah I think I'm just excited about stuff and I suppose that's good because we launch the beta sort of MVP of our service in seven days to line up with this Vodafone campaign that we won where they're putting some money behind promoting us so I've got a deadline I've got a launch but I'm not stressed I, I think whatever happens it's a, a test it's a chance to figure out what works what doesn't what I first notice here is your comment about you finding it hard to switch off yeah. Can, you, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing. At the best of times, I'm not great at sitting down and just watching TV. My wife quite likes a box set and I, I just like, I quite like Sherlock, for example, five episodes, six, you know, you don't have to fully commit, you can just enjoy. That's the kind of TV I like watching. I find watching TV, I guess I even feel that it can be wasted time when you can be doing stuff that's more productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to give one example here, when I say I can't switch off, I was doing lots of music creation at this point. So I would get up at seven in the morning, I'd do a full day of work up until seven in the evening, have dinner with my wife, my son, and then just would want to watch TV and I'd say, oh no, I, 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 I need to occupy myself with something. And so I'm pretty sure it was this week I... I got really into making music on my iPad. I've got synthesizers and guitars and things, but I bought my iPad not for this reason, but I got into the swing of things at exactly the same point as all this stuff's going on with work of creating music. And in this week I created, I think it was one song a night, four nights in a row, whilst I'm in this state. So that's, that's what I mean by I can't switch off. When I need to switch off, I'm, I'm needing to find outlets for the hyperproductivity that's starting to happen in my brain. Mm. And that also means, as I mentioned in there, that the techniques that I use to calm myself, like body scanning and meditation, I say on that recording, don't work. Mm. And that's because when I'm trying to do it, my head is just too busy. No matter what I'm trying, putting on different music, doing whatever, it doesn't work. Mm. Mm. And you're actually loading yourself with more and more and more activities, if I understand right. Yes, mm. but it felt like the music was a counter. Yeah, it feels like an outlet, right? It's a creative expression. Definitely a counter. And also, now you asked the question about before about where am I at here? Is this a high? It probably is to some degree. I mean, I guess we think traditionally that like highs and lows. I'm looking at a, a, a board here for this podcast recording, right? And I've got these sliders and there's like 10 to zero. 
And so we're used to thinking about things in degrees, like it's 5 out of 10, it's 7 out of 10. But we're talking about the brain here, which is full of neurons all connecting together and firing off. Like the brain doesn't think in lines. <laughs> so there is a, a bit of my brain at this point that is working at a higher level than today, for example, when I talk to you. So this music that I was creating, I can't do it at the moment. And so I think in there is, is some of the challenge of people who have bipolar who are like, why do I want to give up the highs? Because I'm able to do these things that are very creative and I don't want mm. to give that up. Yeah. Now, I've had a creative career making films and content and campaigns. And so I, I'm very happy with the fact that I've taken medication and I've had a more balanced life that has meant I've still been able to create. But you could argue if I'd have been more open to having highs more often would I be more creatively famous than I am would I have done more exceptionally creative things I think I decided in my 20s that it wasn't worth it is it really worth doing things that are amazing if you if you're going to have such bleak times as a result I mean it might be interesting to to play one of these things yeah. to to give a sense I mean Let's and this was, yeah this wasn't just pieces of music this was the first evening that I did it, I um, I came up with a kind of melody and I was layering it up and layering it up and then I realised it needed a voice. So at like midnight, I'm in the toilet with my iPad singing it myself and then by two in the morning, I'm like, no, it needs some words. So then I wrote some words and then I'm back in the loo at like three. Like, sounds crazy, but the end output... Yeah is inspiring and then I remember on the third day maybe that's the one I'll play if I can find it I created this whole soundscape and I was like that's really interesting but I felt it needed some some dialogue or some audio to go with it and so then I spent hours researching on the internet again this is at the end of a day where I've been up since seven in the morning yeah working on a startup researching pieces of audio that I felt were reflective of the music yeah right which when I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, that's, again, pretty cool. Yeah. Exciting, yeah. like like creating stuff and, and being like that. Yeah, I mean... But I, it, it falls straight back into the idea of unsustainability because mm, it's right. the lack of my awareness that you can't have it all. Mm, okay. You yeah. can't be setting up a startup, working on all these things with all this stress and pressure and also creating music. It's that belief that everything is possible. Um, yeah. I'll, play, I'll play this little snippet, just so we have a brief pause. Great. Just because I shits and giggles and all that. <laughs> Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering. Thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines. Every hunter and forager. Every hero and coward. Every creator and destroyer of civilization. Every king and peasant. Every young couple in love. Every mother and father. Hopeful child. Inventor and explorer. 
every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Pretty deep. I love a bit of Carl Sagan. <laughs> love Carl Sagan. So tell us about what, what are you expressing here in this, in this uh, outlet, in this output? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of this. I've got my birthday uh, coming up this weekend and a few friends coming together and, and um, playing a bit of music and I'll slip this in at some point. Right. Um, I think it's quite fascinating that it's quite deep and reflective yep. and... I've always read, and if you research on the internet about a, ma a manic state, that it is uncontrollable, you know, grandiose thinking. It's, it's positioned as a as a negative. Of course, it is. I get mania. It's not a good thing. But but it it has glimmers of things which are extremely compelling because I. I, th I think the brain is just connecting things together that are not normal. And that's the unsustainability part. Like, I was going to say this is going to sound crazy, which is quite a funny thing to say on a podcast about someone talking about mental health. But anyway, I didn't have to wear my glasses very much during this period. Reading glasses. Reading glasses. Right. And I would love to speak to a scientist about the fact, like, when you're in a higher state, like getting a serotonin hit or whatever, like almost, and I'm maybe making this up, it felt like I could see clearer, literally yeah. see clearer. Yeah. To see things, to see connections, to be on my iPad doing this thing and going, right, no, layer that and yeah, yeah. just being plugged in, basically. There are movies made about this. There are. Yeah, what was that one? Um, it was on about the pill. Yeah, where yeah. he... Might need to stop this recording. <laughs> that shit up. Yeah, <laughs> I... Um... Look, I, I think what I would love this podcast to do is to be an honest reflection that mental health is first of all seen as mental illness... And it's seen as an entirely negative thing. And I believe that by having bipolar, it's made me more of a person rather than less of a person. Yep. I feel that this last period of high and a crash that I had was extremely challenging, but I feel more of a person as a result of it. And I believe what I'll go on to do next will be more than I could possibly have imagined as a result. So we all, as human beings, need to embrace challenge and opportunity, highs and lows, because it makes us a better version of ourselves. Yep. And so if someone's listening to this and they are in a low and they're literally at the end of thinking, what is the point? And I've, well, we're going to come on to when I'm in that state. I just really strongly say that, that, leaning into the states you're in and really learning from them is is what makes us human and yeah. and so 
when I was just talking then, I was talking about music. I was, yeah, and you were maybe getting there as well, thinking, oh God, am I advocating for someone <laughs> getting high? That's not what I'm doing. I'm fascinated to learn how I can do that sustainably. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, like you created it at a level that you don't normally create at. And as you said, you don't want to take that away. You're writing music. You were seeing connections. You didn't need to read. You didn't need to wear your reading glasses. I mean, all of these are pretty amazing things. It reminds me of that movie, Limitless. Limitless, that's right. Which admittedly was medicated into a high where he could see, you know, where the protagonist could see like the connections between things and just achieved, I think, great results until he had a huge crash. I think, if I remember the movie correctly. So, so then my point is, I'm not desperate to have that 100. percent I'd be quite happy with 60. Right. Right. It's so it's not 60. that I want another high to happen to be able to do it again. I want to be able to create music each week. Right. And I'm quite happy that the, the next time it might take me a month to do something that right. took me a, a day to do. Yeah, right, right. I want to do it sustainably. Yeah. And that's right. the that's the kind of learning. Gosh, go into a lot of detail there on music listeners, but uh And I think that's yeah. what we'll explore in future episodes, right? Is like where's that sustainable line and what are our tools and triggers that we can use to notice it's like, okay, pause. Time for sustainability, time for nurture, time to calm, time for me, less for a day or two. Right, so there was a lot going on in that clip, Paul. And, of course, Ash is with us, (laughs) uh, really uh, interested in the the music bit. Mm. But um, let's start with uh, you, Paul. Yeah. As a clinician, what do you get? What kind of impression do you get? Right, so... I mean, uh, quite a few interesting things came out there, Um, especially listening to this after episode two, where I did think Ash sounded very slowed up and flat, um, although he assured us he wasn't wasn't depressed then. Um, So I I, um, well, I I guess I found it interesting when Ash said that from his point of view, he often couldn't tell the difference between. Uh, his lows and his highs and that's quite unusual I think although not um, unheard of and I think that I mean this may be the effect of medication modifying the illness but there was a lot of controversy about how you distinguish lows from highs reliably and it's not always mood and there's some research that shows it's actually about activity and energy that both that best you know delineates lows from highs and you can have highs where there is low mood so you can be rushing around racing thoughts all those sorts of things but also feel depressed and tearful or even suicidal what we call a a mixed affective state but um i just thought that was a an interesting uh, uh perspective from ash there it's not because he's 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 a mild sufferer, is it? It's, uh, it's partly it's because his lows and highs are, are not distinguished. It is I think it's partly that, that. And, and and I suppose that's what I was getting at when I said it's modified a bit by the medication, um, which I mean Ash has said he, he has no problem with and um, respects uh, the medication and realise it does help, even though um, the other thing you said, Ash, was that you feel more productive uh, at times. Uh, when you are at the times when you you, you perceive that you're high or or in retrospect realize you're high uh, i guess my question would be paul if you don't mind me interjecting go for it that 
<clears throat> these periods of productivity. Mm. So to me, my extreme highs have been hyperproductive, as I think I outlined on, on this recording, persuading Virgin to give me two flights and disappearing yeah. across to America to make a film. And, mm. um, but I've had a lot of periods over the last 12 years. You know, I keep repeating at the beginning of these recordings yeah. for 12 years, I said I used to have bipolar. There were lots of incidents over those 12 years that I would say were, were similar to what was going on here where I was pursuing an idea and making stuff happen because don't forget my job title was creative director I was paid by people to do that mm. so so yeah. I guess what I meant by these lines and it, I don't know it's interesting talking to Pete because things come out that I haven't really reflected on before yeah it's, is that it's great listening in the to brain me. it's mm. areas mm. yeah it's areas of the brain that are activated mm. and there aren't any lines in the brain. I guess that's that's where I kind of found myself reflecting. Was there's I'm active. Mm. Mm. What you mean is there are no sort of firm boundaries in the brain, which is it's it's that's right. It's all interconnected. Well, what is what is creativity by its nature? It's about seeing interconnections mm. between things. So the way it feels is like an over interconnecting just connecting everything together which of course is going to be exhausting eventually mm. rather than i'm in a higher state i'm in a lower state it's more an overly active state that is unsustainable is where i think i end up crashing mm. yeah so i think the, the sorts of high the, the, the kind of high we're talking about is a, is a hypomania what we call hypomania where um, productivity is not affected and in fact can improve and uh, you're still able to mm. function in the various domains of your life, um, work and relationships. But at some point, um, there is a crash. So that's the downside of it, I guess. And it's interesting because there's some conjecture, I think, in this clip about, you know, is it is it worth going through the, the high considering you have the crash? And I think you're sort of arguing that maybe, yes, it is worth it because of making those new connections, which definitely fuel creativity. And Ollie and I in previous podcasts have talked about famous manic depressives, as they were known then, who have achieved great things through probably making these new connections. You were making a lot of music. And there was musings, wasn't there, Paul? Sorry mm. to interrupt. There was musings on the balance between fame and mental health, or indeed whether it's almost inevitable, because you're talking about a is a creative brain one that ruminates and therefore one that is has susceptibility to highs and lows like this? It's fascinating. You'd probably prefer it if you were 60 percent high not 100 percent. although you know that's that's by your own yardstick and so it should be i guess and that sustainability is key you'd kind well, of be happier making one piece of music a week instead of one every night for three nights sort of thing just because you, you it would be more sustainable you'd be less likely to crash which is i guess why we yeah. we prescribe medication but it, it's very interesting a lot of uh, people with bipolar, especially in the milder end of the spectrum, you know, uh, elect not to take medication, making that sort of choice, saying, well, it's kind of worth the payoff to do my creative work. Um, but there is a bit of a myth that mood stabilizers cut off your creativity. They, didn't, they, 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 they needn't. But I think these are, these are really interesting yeah, debates. I think, you know. I think I, I allude to that in it because mm. my career has been creative. Mm. 
Um, and when I say about 60%, it's not that I want 60% of a high. It's that clearly my brain has a capacity to do things that I want to be able to access yeah. without access, without having a high that causes a crash yeah and so my brain must have a capability mm. and we haven't really come onto the lows yet but mm. i think mm. what i've realized from this last low period is i've never really embraced the low mm. but i think there's stuff in my lows that should be embraced more and that yeah. would help me to be more yeah. rounded more engaged yeah. more emotionally connected and i've always seen the, the lows as just oh god that's negative i don't want anything to do with that well, I know I don't like mentioning your book, Paul, because we mentioned it a lot. But actually, uh, your book, the How Sadness Survived, is all about uh, why depression is still a thing in the human race across social boundaries, across nationalities, races, genders. Uh, and does it serve some purpose? And it sort of touches on that, doesn't it? Anything I can learn from my lows kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, the, the sort of upsides of being down. Yeah. I didn't pay uh, Oliver any mm. commission, by the way, to plug my book. It's a great book. But um, <laughs> uh, when we get to that episode, I will probably, you'll probably uh, struggle to shut me up. But um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think where we kind of, if we're going to broaden out Ash's experience to the experience of bipolar in general, we'd say that um, if you were to become more high than you tend to in the more severe end of the spectrum the goals become more and more unrealistic and the uh, grandiosity that that can become quite extreme to the extent that you become unrealistic in your thinking and you come up with goals that are not achievable and you may come up with too many goals all at once as well which means that you can't focus jumping from one task to another and never finish any of them so what's your thoughts though paul on on the context here that i'm working on a startup i'm working on something which nine out of ten people fail at mm. is it inevitable that i put myself into a position that was highly risky well i mean at this stage i, I would say there's a, there's a logic isn't there and a rationality to what you're doing i think in the next episode which we'll talk about shortly maybe there's there's a loss of perspective there or maybe this is the start already in episode three so i think you've got to be positive haven't you about any new creative project otherwise you just wouldn't persist with it well you could argue that, that you'd take a job that was more stable right mm. i mean in terms of where i'm at now i'm still involved in this startup my wife is really running the show now and i'm applying for a job which will give me a, a, a salary to think the way I do. Mm. That's where I've got to as a result of this period is I want to be paid to do this kind of thinking. Well, that's fantastic. Life life is not linear, is it? Um, you know, sometimes we go down certain cul-de-sacs and then we come back and then we go, OK, I'm going to do this instead. Mm. I don't know. It's, I suppose what I'm saying, it's easy in retrospect to say, oh, you made a mistake going for a startup where nine in out of 10 people fail but the, the rewards are great aren't they and that's why people accept those odds now we can mm. talk for, further about whether you actually were able to see it in in that sort of context whether you're able to sort of get it in proportion maybe in the next episode but it's probably clearer that you're getting a bit higher but probably the brain not switching off is is an indicator that you're already going a bit high in this episode isn't it or do you not agree with that? I mean, there's also context, mm. right? There's Always. there's what you do defining who you who you are. So mm. 
you know, this comes off the back of COVID, of moving countries, of setting up a startup. I'm trying to find sure footing again because pre prior to COVID, I ran a, a company for 10 years and I had staff and I, you know, I knew where I was going each day. And I've been on an explorative journey and this felt like a logical step. Yeah. I, I think in, on reflection, I my main learning from all of this is there wasn't anything illogical in any of my thinking. None of it was in brackets crazy. Mm. What was crazy was trying to do it in four months. Right. It was the time. Right. It was the, it was the decisions I made with no appreciation of the workload I was placing myself under and the potential impact of that. Mm. Um, and I think that in this case was the grandiose thinking, thinking that I could be a, a product developer, a, a marketing manager, uh, all at the same time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I wrote down chicken and egg. Actually, um, that, that was a note. <laughs> that was a note on episode four. But you know, is it the mania that's already kicking in due to the stress of the Vodafone deadline, and then that's making you unrealistic about? the other project or is it the fact that you're throwing yourself into it with a lack of knowledge about how much work's involved which is fair enough loads of people do that in their lives and then they end up incredibly stressed and overworked and then trigger an episode so it is a it's it's a it's a difficult one to untangle I, i'm interested to know if you're able to kind of put yourself back in that mindset and think about that whether it was chicken or egg i mean i think one thing i was doing at this point apart from keeping the audio notes and i was also doing linkedin posts on the journey and sharing the journey is i was engaging a lot with startup communities mm. and talking to other startup founders and kind of saying mm. you know i'm at mm. this stage what do you think and how does this work i was seeking advice and counsel yeah for anything yeah. i didn't know yeah. about so yeah so actually i'd kind of argue i a lot of, in this case, and actually in my previous highs, I've found that when I look back at what I've done, it's some of my best work. Yeah. When you pick it apart, it's hyper-focused, mm. very logical thinking, but just too much of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, again, I yeah, I, I think if you put yourself into a startup, you've got to go all in because mm. you're working for nothing. Yeah. Um you know perseverance and grit and all these things that you hear about in terms of the people that have succeeded in startups and there's probably quite a lot of people with you know maybe not mental health conditions but definitely um who are hyper productive type people who are prepared to work all hours flat out at something that is supposedly unachievable but they're going to make it happen yeah. through sheer force of will yeah um i was finding like-minded people i felt like I fitted into the community <laughs> and maybe that gave me some support to to think actually yeah this is this is pretty full on but it gave you inspiration that's for sure didn't it and excitement yeah. which is yeah and this is why people uh, need. Uh, in tech uh, uh, tend to um, work together and, and flock together yes yes that makes sense 
Yeah, it's been a fascinating chat. I must mention one thing about the music, Ash. I thought you were going to put it on and it would be an absolute complete mishmash of complete uh, constructing styles or whatever. Um, but it was that. It's great. And you, you've got to love a bit of Carl Sagan as well. It was absolutely brilliant track. I've been listening to it a couple of times, actually. But uh, it's interesting, though, isn't it? It's a sort of continuum between what is what is madness, and you're clearly not mad, and what is complete normality as well. And that comes out really very much in your in your conversation the one thing i took from your thing is that you 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 seem very tired um actually despite not down but you did seem quite quite tired in your diary and i was uh, uh i was wondering if um you know that was um something of a something of a danger sign but i love this discussion on you know what is normal and what is not normal and what is a high useful or is a high not useful i think we're sort of running into topics that we'll probably um, visit in episode four so Ah, well, episode four, yes. So let's sign off here and we'll see you next time. See you next time.